0: All righty, everybody. Good morning. We got three more games left in Week 13. There's still, I'm sure, in a lot of these leagues, whiz um, comes down to a few points here or there. So these these will be meaningful games uh, after a fairly hectic day yesterday of football. How are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing uh, doing well. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I know in uh, our league. Um, there were like four teams battling it out for two spots and going into games tonight and tomorrow, there are four teams battling for two spots. Uh, Anything can happen. Uh, Everyone is still in contention. uh, And uh, it was, uh, it's going to make for, you know, hopefully an exciting three games uh, that are going to finish out week 13.
0: Yeah. Just to remind everybody. So tonight, two games, we have a game at 5 p.m. tonight. It's the, it's the Washington football team visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have not heard at this point in time if Ben Rothersberger is definitely going to play. Um, I haven't looked uh, to see if what, the, what the story is there. We have uh, the game that was originally scheduled for Monday night, and the 49ers are hosting the Buffalo Bills, which should be a very good football game. And then the rescheduled game because of uh, because of Baltimore playing last Wednesday, they will, they will play the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, on Tuesday and the return of Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah. Uh, and the Cowboys have had, I'm just going to figure this out in my head here. It looks like 11 or 12 days off <laughs> since their Thanksgiving game. Uh, that They'll be playing on Tuesday night. So uh, I guess, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, how that plays out. But before we get into the three games, I want to start where things ended in week uh, as far as the Sunday football action with the, with the game between the Broncos and the Chiefs, and first of all. You know, I I don't want to be one of these guys to pat themselves on the back, but I guess I'm going to have to do that. I mentioned two games that looked very, very suspicious with the Lions. One game I didn't, for life of me, couldn't figure out how the Bears were only three points at home, and the Lions came back to win that game. And the other one was the Chief line had opened up like 14 and 14-and-a-half and and then had drifted down to 13-and-a-half, and boy, that had the makings of a trap game. And it certainly was. Uh, So I kind of nailed those two about the point spread, you know, looking a little bit dubious, but I want to talk about two different things about the game that are bothering me. One is, you know, week 13 of the fantasy football playoffs is always a crucial week. I mean, you know, it really, in a lot of leagues, you know, you have uh, many teams battling to make the playoffs and I'm sure what the Kansas City Chiefs did with Clyde edwards helaire knocked a lot of teams out of the playoffs or cost people their game. And, you know, there's two sides to it. I mean, maybe not two sides to it, but there are two different points to it that aggravate me about it. One is, forget about fantasy for a second, is what they did to the kid himself. The guy was not feeling well, obviously. Missed practice Thursday. Missed practice Friday. Said he was feeling better on Saturday. They have... Bell. They have Darrell Williams. They have Darwin Thompson. Do they need him to stand in uniform on the sidelines? He wasn't feeling out well and he wasn't feeling enough well to play. Let the guy go home and watch the game. Let him go home and and, and, and lay in bed and watch the game and rest and, get, and definitely get better for the next week. And then to put out that disinformation, all of these sites, all quiet of his in line for a full workload. I think... Kansas City did the service to the player, and I think also to the fantasy community, there are a lot of people disgruntled and needlessly hurt. They just should not have activated him for the game, and I just don't understand. If he wasn't well enough to play, he just shouldn't have been standing on that sidelines in uniform. I really am aggravated. It didn't affect me, and uh, in, in the league that I own him, I'm in the playoffs irrespective, and I did have him started, so he I was tricked, but it still did not cost me a playoff spot. But I'm sure it cost many, many people out there. So from that standpoint of what Kansas City did to the to the player and what it did to the fantasy owners that have him, a terrible disservice on both fronts, in my opinion.
0: You know, I, I'm, I'm one of these guys that's generally pretty skeptical of, of starting players that come into games that – maybe coming off an injury. Uh, I'll use Julio Jones as an example yesterday where I did not start him. I, I was just worried about him pulling up lame again. Um, my, my buddy Connor and I, we have him in a league. I told Connor I never want to own this player again, by the way. And I, we stayed away from him. He ended up having an okay game. But, but to your point, to put this crap out about the workload and stuff like that, and I, I, I will tell you, in two or three of the leagues that I play in, Guys, put him out there, took zeros, and will be impacted by it. It will potentially cost them in seeding or even making the playoffs in one of the leagues. And I think that's a, a load of crap, and I agree with you 100%. This is a deep roster. You know, you do not have to put that guy just to stand around and freeze his ass off. On the sidelines and and to watch that it was it was it was terrible it was was terrible I know what else you're going to talk about from that game so I'm going to let you go on with it because that that cost me last night what transpired I don't know Andy Reid's usually got a quicker trigger finger with that red flag but why don't you tell people what you're miffed about as far as that goes.
1: Tyree kill thing. I'm, I'm, I'm ever aggravated about Tyree kill, but it's not so much the catch that he didn't realize he caught, and, and, and nobody alerted him. I'm, I'm starting to really get aggravated with these backflips into the end zone. And I'm gonna tell you something. You know, Andy Reid talks about, like he talked about the Raiders winning that game in Kansas City a couple of weeks ago, and they drove around the stadium, and he, and he goes, "When well, we win, uh, we don't play like that. We play with class. And if we win this game at, at the Raiders, we." You know, we're just going to drive right back to the hotel, and we're not going to do that, and, and, you know. But how does he, in one side of his mouth, he says winning class, and he's okay with Tyree Kill doing these ridiculous backflips. Now, first of all, it's only a matter of time before he, he, like, kind of slips as he's about to do it, and God forbid the guy lands on his head or neck or something like that. That's one. Number two is I hate these selfish self-indulgent acts by these NFL players you know there was a time where Bill Cower or even before that Bill Parcells this stuff would never Ever Never. fly? Never. I don't understand how Andy Reid talks about winning with class, and he's okay with his player. It's not the you know, listen. The NFL is now okay with the teams after interception, running to the end zone, these celebrations, whatever. But the Tyree Kill thing is just a self-indulgent, selfish act. I don't understand how 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 he's okay with that as a guy who's perpetuating trying to win with class.
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was disgusting as well. Um, I, I you know. I have – I used to love Terrell Owens as a player, uh, but obviously character flaws were pretty evident in that. And, you know, you talk about coaches not putting up with it. You know, I think we got – I think we have just too many weak, weak players just buying into all this uh, soft millennial stuff, and, and, and it really pisses me off to an extent. But back in the day, if you remember what happened with Terrell Owens when he put the ball in the middle of the star the first time, and then the next time he, he got it good uh, – Ty- Ty- Tyreek Hill deserved to get pop on that. He got. I mean, there was a penalty in the play which brought the touchdown back. But, you know, as a defender, I could see a guy charging full strength watching that bullshit go on. Excuse my French, but it's a podcast and we can do that. But it was really aggravating to kind of see that. And, you know you mentioned James Robinson handing the ball to the referee. We know what Ladanian Tomlinson used to do over the years. We don't need that. Showing up another team, celebrating a touchdown or an interception, team group photo in the end zone, that's one thing. But really showing somebody up, that's a completely different story and I think completely unnecessary. As you point out, he could get hurt on the play as well. We've seen stuff like that happen before on celebrations, but it's very classless, not necessary in the NFL, that's for sure
1: something else like i'm not saying teams need to go back to the you know the 70s i'm a long time vikings fan and bud grant had a policy you spike the ball you're going to sit out the rest of the game like you if you score every single touchdown they scored the vikings they would flip the ball to the referee i'm not saying teams need to go to that far but I love the, the the coaches and the players under the coaches that would handle their own in situations like that. And I I remember now I'm not a Giants fan. You are a, are a Giants fan, but I'm not a Giants fan. But being in New York, you've watched every single Giant and Jets game, whatever the last 30, 40 years, whatever, just from you know all the years of just having the only teams to watch for the local games, and. One of Bill Parcells'
0: guys, so to speak, was Pepper Johnson. You remember Pepper Johnson? Oh, yeah, I remember Pepper Johnson very well. I actually played basketball against Pepper Johnson, believe it or not. But, but go ahead, tell, you know, you, tell oh, your story. So,
1: uh, so Pe- Pepper Johnson was one of Bill Parcells' guys, and it's not only the celebration, it's it's the selfish acts where two guys are, like, drawing each other, and then one guy will take a swipe at each other, and it will cost the team 15 yards. And in one of these games, the Giants, it was one of, I think, a special teams play, and somebody on the Giants on the special teams was drawn, and they kind of kind of got lured into it, whatever. They got, you know, the guy was saying stuff. He may have even done something first. And then the Giant guy hit the guy, and he's the one who got flagged and he's walking off to the sidelines, and he knows he's going to hear from Parcells. You could see Paul, the expression on Parcells' face as he's walking over. He knows he's about to get the biggest dressing down he's going, he's ever going to get in his entire football life. But before he can even get to the sidelines, Peppa Johnson comes sprinting onto the field, and he grabs the guy by his face mask, and he pulls the guy over to sidelines, and he himself, before Parcells could say anything, just lit into the guy. And I love that. Like, you take care of your own in every way. Protect them, discipline them, show them the right way, the way things need to be done. And that is lost. It's everything that goes on. You watch the stuff that happened in the Bengals, Dolphins game, it's ridiculous. Devontae Parker needs to catch the ball as well as he could throw a right hand in a fight, in a team fight over there, before you know, before you start getting involved in any stuff like that, so it's things like that. It's like teams and coaches. It's just a different way of football, and in my opinion, it's not a better version of football. It's not because these these coaches, with the exception of maybe a few of them. Don't seem to have a grasp on it, including Andy Reid, unfortunately, who's letting this go on. And I'm just wondering if this is going to be a continuing act here with uh, with Tyree Kill, or that's going to be an end to it. But uh, that and the fighting, um, it, it, it just it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And especially, I think, is ridiculous what what the Chiefs did to the fantasy owners and what. More importantly, and I'm going to put that emphasize that. More importantly, what they did to Clyde Edwards-Helaire by letting him sit there, stand there on the sidelines in the uniform, and let him instead of just letting him guy go home, but they knew he was not going to play.
0: You know, I'll say one thing. You, you talk about coaches, and and, and you, you mentioned the Giants, and, and I, I wanted to kind of segue into that, which I'm, I'm I couldn't be more pleased actually by by kind of how the Giants have responded to to Joe Judge and this team. Um, And by the way, it's not just Joe Judge because his defense is playing – tremendous, tremendous, tremendous football. They've done this for a few weeks now, like defensively they're becoming a a problem for teams. Uh, And what they did to the Seattle Seahawks going across the country, playing Seattle, you know, definitive underdogs, especially with no Daniel Jones, uh, a huge win for the Giants. The Giants stand alone in first place. Obviously the Washington football team will have a say in that uh, as they go for their fifth win as well. We've talked about the Eagles regressing, and and, and we really saw the capitulation on – on on Carson Wentz yesterday, but I'm pleased that old-school Joe Judge kind of moving in, no nonsense. You know, he does joke around with his players once in a while, but there's a time and a place. But you can see there's a respect that's being built up. This team is responding. Look, they lost Saquon Barkley. Wayne Goldman has played phenomenal football for a while now. And the Giants story is a great story. This team has now won four games in a row. And believe it or not, we're finally – I mean, I will talk about the Jets in a second – and I got a funny story uh, related to the Jet football game uh, against the Raiders. But I was really pleased to see what transpired yesterday with the Giants. A huge win. And the Seattle Seahawks offense continues to regress. We talked about it. I faded, personally faded Russell Wilson in this game. But, boy, there's is big concerns about what's going on there.
1: Yeah, I mean, um. I'm a big fan of this James Bradbury on on the Giants. I know there was some, you know, it's going to be on ESPN some plays where I think one play in particular where Metcalf, like, you know, stiffed on them to the helmet and knocked them down. But let me tell you something. He allows the Giants to do a lot of things. Things in that game. Yeah, I know Metcalf ended up five for eighty. One or two plays he took a bad angle, uh, Barry on the on the on the play and uh and, and Metcalf went for twenty five, thirty yards. But it, it, it's really a pretty quiet game. It allows the other players to really kind of then take away Lockett, who was okay but he was quiet and you know, I just love what the Giants are doing on defense. And uh, they are playing smart football. And uh, they didn't let Russell Wilson really make any of those highlight plays where he gets out of the pocket and uh, and throws the ball deep down the field for for touchdowns to Lockett or, or Metcalf. Uh, a smart, smart game. And um, especially in the first half when the Giants could not move the ball and Seattle kept getting... Great field position, possession after possession after possession, and it was, a you know, a five, you know, the, the score at halftime, five-nothing was due to a block punt and a field goal very early in the game, but uh, terrific defense and a, and a great game plan by the Giants for sure.
0: Uh, very, very excited about it. Uh, you know, so funny story. I happened to be walking my dog um, yesterday, um, walking around here in New Jersey, and and the uh, visiting teams uh, when they play at uh, MetLife Stadium tend to stay in this particular area. And I happened to bump into, the, believe it or not, I saw him the first time. I saw him uh, with with some Raiders garb on, but I didn't quite recognize him. And then I bumped into him a little while longer down the road, and. I said, big game for you guys today. I, I recognized him, believe it or not, as the offensive coordinator uh, of, of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. His name is Greg Olson. He sticks his elbow out to me. He goes, Greg Olson, Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> and, I, and I introduced myself. Um, funny story, we started talking about football a bit, and this kind of leads into your prediction of what Darren Waller was going to do. And I said, I, all I said to him, I said, look, I don't know what happened to you guys last week, but you know what? get the ball to Mr. Waller or early and often as that's the phrase that I use to him. And wow, what an effort from Waller. We've talked about that player and how good he is. I I think really, really funny stuff. Um, I I mean, I, I don't think he did it because I said it, of course, but he was a super nice guy. I enjoyed talking to him. We talked for about 15 minutes. We talked about the Raiders finishing schedule, you know, somehow the jets, and we could talk about kind of how that game ended, but uh, the Jets will always find a way to lose, maybe maybe intentionally, if you will. But uh, great, great performance by Darren Waller, elite tight end. And, uh, you know, he said as great a player he is, he's as gr- the, the type of kid he is, is even more special. And obviously, if you don't know anything uh, about Darren Waller personally, this is a player that's overcome a lot of hurdles when it comes to drug addiction. Uh, he nearly ruined his life and his career. Uh, he made a comeback. He was originally drafted by the Ravens and... The Raiders took a chance on him, and he is just become, you know, probably the top one of the top three tight ends in this league right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, he, he's he, he his story is incredible, and uh, yeah, I, I saw that one coming a mile away. I, I gave out uh, on this podcast, Darren Waller, as the staple to every single DraftKings lineup. I mean, I'm not saying it now. It was on the podcast, and you can listen to it, and those are the exact words I used, that he was going to be an impossible matchup for the Jets, and he was a uh, terrific game. But um, I don't know if Greg Olson needed your help as much as he needed the help of Greg Williams blitzing eight guys when there's one play left in the game and let rugs get behind the secondary for a touchdown you, you, there's no way you could say the Jets were trying to lose that game because they were playing for 59 minutes and 45 seconds. Triple that was trying to win the game. Uh, that last call was inexplicable, deranged. I don't know what kind of call it was, but um, – kind of handed the Raiders the game and it didn't kind of, it handed the Raiders a game that they should have won probably zero out of a million times in the same circumstances.
0: Yeah, just that—that that was just a crazy, crazy finish. You know, we've learned to expect the unexpected when it comes to the Jets um, and, and the Raiders pulling pull one out. And you know, they've got a difficult schedule, out, you know, to finish out the year. You know, the playoff races in both leagues are kind of interesting. You know, it's funny you mentioned DraftKings. I did use—I I only played one DraftKings entry, so I used Waller in, in that entry. And if you remember, I, I was a big advocate of Kirk Cousins. We know what he's been doing, and I had him, Jefferson, and Thielen in, in the lineup as well. I threw up something like 182 points in a <laughs> only won me 10 bucks uh, it was a pretty noble effort but uh, unfortunately I, I got uh, done in by the Las Vegas Charger defense who threw up a, a minus in that game and that was a that was a whole oh, yeah. Uh, yeah that was a tough one uh, I mean brought back to earth you know Justin Herbert has been leading a lot of teams um, and and, and uh, the New England Patriots laid down a good old-fashioned beating that's another coach that's probably on his way out I'll be surprised if he lasts a week um, and Anthony Lynn has, has completely lost the Chargers you know he lost a lot of tough games early, but to lose like that in such embarrassing fashion, you know, it, it's not long before uh, Anthony Lynn no longer finds himself as the head coach of the Las v- uh, Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Oh uh, yeah, and I think they're going to be one of the top candidates, along with the Texans, the Jets, for the enemy. I mean, uh, you know, having a young quarterback, uh, whether you know, be a elite quarterback like Deshaun Watson who's still young, or uh, Herbert with, you know, a lot of a lot of great players around him or, you know, to try and, you know, make it his own team and start from scratch with the Jets. If they, you know, get that number one pick with Trevor Lawrence, I think, you know, it will be very interesting uh, choices. I, I think, again, I'm going to repeat this. I think it would be a mistake if the Texans resign uh, and give that coaching job to Romeo Cornell. I, they, they have to get... Uh, an offensive mind in there and somebody who's going to, you know, bring physicality and, 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 and that type of like uh, attitude, uh, for that team, it's, it's too much, too much finesse, but, uh, you know, that's for, uh, that's for talk as we get closer to the draft, I guess. But uh, so are we ready to talk about these three games, two tonight and one tomorrow?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you know, let's so let's start the first game tonight, which is the Washington football team uh, visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I mentioned that Roethlisberger comes into the game questionable. Uh, I had actually picked this game and I still like Washington football team. I think the line's down to six and a half. Um, I liked it when they, when they were getting seven points. The over-under is 43 and a half. Uh, this is a big game for the Washington football team as they got to stay pay, uh, on pace with with the with the Giants. Now, I didn't like the way the Steelers played last week. They were Dinkin and Duncan on offense. James Conner won't be playing again this week, um, and they, that was a very undermanned Raven team. And I think over the last four or five weeks, you know, even the Steelers, even though the Steelers are still undefeated, I think these games have been a lot closer than they should have been. Uh, the Steelers lost another key defender in Bud Dupree, so a big question I have now is: Is this game? You know, again, Ron Rivera. This this is the Washington Football Team coming in very well rested. We know we know how Antonio Gibson performed on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, we've spoken, gla- uh, you know, glowingly about the comeback of Alex Smith and how good McLaurin has been. You know, can can the Washington Football Team stay pace with the Pittsburgh Steelers in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I'm going to come in the other way on this game, actually. I, I think I like Pittsburgh. As a matter of fact, I, I know I like Pittsburgh in this game. I, I just think the matchup is is going to be difficult for the Washington football team. Um, You know, to play in optimum conditions in a nice dome against the Cowboys is one thing. I, I just think the one thing that, that – Alex Smith for his career, but more importantly now, I think, you know, with these to recovering from injuries is the deep pass is just something that he's not able to really utilize, you know, throw the ball down the field with any, um, you know, mustard on it to get the ball deep. And that's why I think the Steelers can be beat. So I think the area where the Steelers can be beat is not Alex Smith's strong suit. And the other thing is when he was obviously in college at Utah and then coming to the NFL with the chiefs and the 49ers, His legs, I mean, he could really run and make it difficult and and get first downs. And, you know, obviously, just due to the, you know, the the massive amount of injuries and the type of injuries, he's just not able to do that anymore. I just think it's going to be a long day for him. And then the other thing is, on the other side of the ball, the, the 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 Washington Football Team thumped the Cowboys. Right, the final score. They you know they ended up thumping them. But what should not be lost in that game is the game that Amari Cooper had, continually, continually throughout the game, lighting up Ronald Darby. And I just think that the Steelers are going to line up three wide receivers to one side and line up Chase Claypool on the other side by himself out there with him. And I think. In tonight's game between the Steelers, the, the game between the Steelers and the Washington football team, I love Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, both to have big games. I know the Steelers are terrible with the dink and dunk, but I, I think you're going to see a lot more yards through the air. So, actually, I'm liking the Steelers in this game. I think the matchup uh, works well for them.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I it, look... This, this is a good football team, no question about it. There is a little bit shorter turnaround here. I just worried a little bit about Roethlisberger. I like the fact that the, uh, that the football team has been off for a little bit of time. So we'll see how it shakes out. We do know that Antonio Gibson has been playing extremely well. Uh, whether they can get that running game going, uh, let, let's see what happens. But I agree with you, You know, Smith does struggle to get the ball down the field. He does have a great receiver in McLaurin. He's been getting some help from Logan Thomas, but not a lot of other receiving help here. So they're definitely up against it, but I I would say this: Washington football team, that front seven, that's an imposing front seven. This defense comes to play week in and week out. If that Pittsburgh line is not playing up to par, and I know they've got some injuries on that line today, and a less mobile Ben Roethlisberger, he could be a sitting duck back there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're gonna do. I think one tomorrow podcast tomorrow night after the game, just kind of wrap up the entire week thirteen after these three games two tonight and the one tomorrow are, are complete. And if That's the case. If, if Washington comes into Pittsburgh and they win that game, I will say I was completely wrong. And, you know, you know, I respect the team and I respect their, you know, their defensive line and their, you know, they can get after the quarterback, but I'm worried about that secondary. And I think there's going to be some times where they get Roethlisberger, but I think there's going to be some times. And more than a few with where Roethlisberger is going to get them with the deep pass because I just don't think they could cover back there and uh I know Playpool and Deontay Johnson both had poor games they both had drops especially Deontay Johnson but I, I'm looking for these two players in particular they're my prop plays and my DraftKings specials um from this game so I'm liking Pittsburgh and I'm loving Claypool and Deontay Johnson and uh we could look at the uh at the DraftKings player props uh um in a little while but uh what about the other one uh Bills in 49 is basically a pick I think I remember you saying you like the Bills
0: in this game yeah, yeah I like the Bills in this game uh I just think it's a team with confidence uh I, both running backs played Well, last week, Uh, the offensive game didn't really lose too much the passing offensive game. Gabriel Davis has has, has, whenever he has played has played well. He's stepping in for John Brown, who won't be playing in this game. Cole Cole Beasley has been an effective weapon underneath uh, for the Buffalo Bills. We know what Diggs has done. Diggs has had one of the more dominating seasons. For a wide receiver. And look, the Niners and the Bill defense has actually played played better. Uh, this is, you know, the Niners are getting some players back, but it is still Nick Mullins there. Uh, the, Ayuk is going to return in this game. We know Mostert and Debo Samuel came back this week. I expect it to be a tight game, but I do think this Buffalo wins this game. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit of a higher scoring game, you know, maybe kind of in the vicinity. I, I know uh, the overrun is 47 and a half, but I could see this being kind of like a 27-24 a type game. I can see that. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards. But I like the Bills. At the end of the day, it's the quarterback play of Josh Allen that will be the differentiator. Uh, and I just think that that, that that that's why they'll win this football game and uh, bring it back home, uh, you know, staying in first place in that uh, AFC East. And, and believe it or not, they really need to because the Do- Miami Dolphins are right on their heels.
1: Yeah, and again, I'm going to come in the other way in this game. Um, i I like the 49ers in this game, but I want to see one matchup to look at in this game. I just think this is going to be a terrific matchup is probably Tredavious White is going to be on Debo Samuel. And you talk about two physical players this is gonna be a terrific matchup. I'm interested to in see how this goes. I think White's gonna get the best of him on some plays and I think Debo's gonna get get make some plays as well. But I think if you really love watching physical football between an elite cornerback and a really young, good wide receiver who is physical, one of the most physical receivers and plays that way. This is the one to look at, White versus Debo. But I think the 49ers are going to look at that game film that Buffalo played against Kansas City. And Kansas City, it can be physical, but they're really a finesse team. They're not known for their physicality. And they just physically dominated the Bills running the ball, and they just kept time of possession all throughout that game, everything was a five, six-minute drive, first down after first down. And they were just running the ball right down their throat. And I think you're going to see uh, a lot of that. And uh, I, think, I think Raheem Osted um, and Jeff Wilson, to a lesser extent, are going to be physical and that's going to be the difference in the game. So, yeah, I'm coming the other way on uh, against the, you know we're in opposite viewpoints on both the games tonight. But I just think the physicality of the 49ers um, is going to be too much for Buffalo. But it'll be an interesting game. My curious is you see my my question to you is do you see this being a Bills win in a physical low-scoring game? Do you think they're going to be able to throw it on the 49ers, a high-scoring game? What what do you think about the total and what kind of game do you think it's going to be?
0: Yeah, no, my my call call for the game is 27-24 Bills, something like that. So I'm slightly over on this. I think I think both teams come in here with a little bit more confidence on offense, as you mentioned, with players coming back for the 49ers. I think Mullins is very capable as well. I think Ayuk returning at that Get, that gives a little bit of, of balance for um, for uh, Debo Samuel to kind of move around the field a little bit more. Uh, Jordan Reed at tight end, I think you'll see him do some stuff. I, I like him in DraftKings in particular. So I think a higher-scoring game, I'm not saying it's not physical, but I think both of these offenses are coming into this game clicking a little bit, and that's kind of the way I see this game.
1: All right, so uh, let's get to the player props. DraftKings. I know I gave away some of my stuff already. Who, who do you love Uh, from a draft, from, from a player props perspective. in the
0: two games tonight. Yeah, so, you know, there's only three player props that I actually looked at, and we've talked about all the players. Uh, I I like Gibson's yardage, over 45-and-a-half rushing. This is a confident football player, and I think, like I said, Pittsburgh's defense comes in definitely softer than they were at the start of the year, two big injuries to both Dupree and and Bush. So I like like, uh, Antonio Gibson, this one, over 45-and-a-half yards. I also like Chase Claypool over fifty four and a half yards. I think you know Claypool is becoming a nightmare matchup for everybody. Um, I like Josh Allen as well, rushing yards. That's become a staple in this offense. So over twenty nine and a half yards rushing for Josh Allen in this particular ball game. And on the flip side, I like Raheem Mostert over fifty three and a half yards rushing. Those are the prop plays that I like for this game in hey, particular. Take
1: a little bit of my- Away from me, I see. So I, yeah, I, I like three. I I love Lee Mostert over the 53 and a half yards. I, I don't know it, I don't know if anything was out on Wilson, but um, I would look at him as well. But I love Mostert over 53 and a half yards rushing and. My idea in the Pittsburgh game is I'm taking over in both Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And my my view on the game is what, absolutely one of those two are going to go over, if not both, because it just depends on which guy they match up Darby against and how the Steelers, uh you know, decide to isolate their receivers. But I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have a little bit of a sluggish game. And I just feel this game is going to be Claypool and Deontay Johnson, where I'm extremely confident the worst that one of them will will hit the over. uh, But I think there's a very, very strong chance that they both will. So I'm expecting some big plays in the passing game. So as far as the two games that are going to be played tonight, later this afternoon, tonight, over Deontay Johnson, over Chase Claypool, and over on Raheem Mostert, So I think we like two of the same there. So do we want to talk a little bit about the Ravens versus the Cowboys?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going to say this. The player props are not out on this game yet. So that's one thing we're going to have to wait on. But I'm going to give you – I'm going to give two plays. When when they do get out tomorrow, I'm going to give you two plays that – I think wherever the number is, is I'm going to be looking at it and playing it. So we know Dallas doesn't have a particularly good defense. Um, I know it was kind of a lucky touchdown pass at the end of the game to Hollywood Brown uh, when he took it in from 70 uh, against the Steelers last uh, Wednesday night. Uh, But look, that's a player you have to get the ball to, and I think against Dallas, who's not exactly strong on defense, I think Marquise Brown's going to have a big ball game uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. And the second player that I really love in this particular game there are still a number of defensive players on the Ravens that are on the COVID list. They're not going to play tomorrow night. As I mentioned, we are going to see, uh, we are going to see Lamar Jackson, but, This team has been resting for a long time. I think Ezekiel Elliott showed a little bit more life a couple of weeks ago. And Baltimore is compromised. I think Baltimore's defense, this is not the the, the defense that we've seen in the past. I love Ezekiel Elliott in this particular game. I think you're going to see him used very extensively in this particular ballgame. He gets a lot longer to rest. Like I said, he he was a little banged up a few weeks ago. But I love Ezekiel Elliott in this ballgame. Uh, and you know the game is right now. It's Dallas getting eight and a half points. I'm actually thinking that the Dallas Cowboys cover that spread. It's a little bit too much for my liking.
1: All right. That's, that's very very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think again Elliott off off that long long layoff. Um, you know, definitely makes makes sense. It seems like you know he just hasn't been hasn't been right. Um, you know, it has it hasn't been right for most of the season, so I can see that. But I'm I'm gonna I have to see what the numbers are. I just think Lamar Jackson is gonna go wild in this game. Uh, I just think. I just have this feeling that, you know, I'm I'm not saying the the Ravens are gonna win by three touchdowns or what kind of game it's gonna be because, you know, the Ravens secondary is banged up and uh, the Cowboys do have tremendous players at their skill positions. But I, I just think it's going to be a big, big game for um for Lamar Jackson. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, for the numbers to come out now remember oh, he has no
0: he has no Andrews this week either that's why i kind of pointed towards hollywood brown as kind of being the guy that you know gets extra attention the player complained a few weeks ago about his usage he put something out on twitter that i'm just leaning on that's the direction that lamar is going to be looking at early and often uh-huh.
1: And what about Dobbins? Are you high on him for this game?
0: As yeah, well? Do- Dobbins is the guy to play in this ball game. Dobbins is definitely the guy. He could have played. He could. He could have played last week. They chose to sit him out again. Uh, but Dobbins is the guy to play in, in, in the Baltimore backfield.
1: All right. So, um, so let's go to DraftKings. And as far as the two games tonight. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if they I haven't really looked and see do they have anything for the three games or Are they just doing no. the two
0: games. You can, you can do you can do the two games on Monday. Okay, so the two games yeah. today, or you can do the late game, uh, the late game tonight, um, which is the Baltimore, sorry, the, the uh, Buffalo San Fran game, and the Dallas uh, Baltimore game. That, that's the one game I've played so far. I haven't played my Monday one, uh, but. Rest assured, I have Lamar Jackson as my quarterback, and I have Ezekiel Elliott in there in my flex spot. Uh, I don't want to give the rest of my team away, but, uh, but those guys are, are uh, yeah, as we've both spoken about them, those are the two guys that I'm highlighting in this particular one. But well, what do you mean you don't want to give the rest of your team away? What do you eh, mean? People could take the picks, and then they're going to take the whole team. I'm competing, too, here. I'm giving a few tidbits, but not everything
1: you you're you're keeping you're keeping some of your picks from the, from the listening what you i talking?
0: i've 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 already told people i've mentioned yeah. I've mentioned Jordan Reed should be sprinkled in in lineup so I gave one hint there. we talked about Dobbins just now, you know I like Elliot and I and I'm in agreement with Lamar Jackson, so I can fill out the rest of the squad if you want me to, but I want people to use a little imagination here
1: <laughs> okay so. Sure. All right. Uh, I guess um, I guess for each their own. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the two Steeler guys. I'm I'm loving sp- specifically uh, Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Um, I, I think from another running back perspective, I know that Snell. Had the good game, but I'm just wondering, you know, McFarland looked like he had really live legs, so I I think I'm gonna sprinkle in some uh, McFarland and um, and some other players that I'm gonna put in there. You know, I'm I'm not giving up on this Devin Duvernay. I think uh, there's still a chance for him to him have a big game. He was used more, but I but I'm interested to see him being used more with Lamar Jackson as opposed to being used more with. Uh, RG three. So I'm very very interested in uh, in Devin Duvernay using him in that game, as well as uh, the the Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Raheem Mostert. So those are going to be my keys, and uh and some sprinkling in of Anthony McFarlane. and uh and uh, we'll see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah, and what's what's your what's your view on the game from uh from a betting standpoint? Uh, eight and a half points. Uh... No,
1: I have no yeah no no I have no opinion whatsoever. I think the line is priced right. Um, you know, you know, I, I just don't know. It, it's always difficult to um, to try and formulate an opinion on a game when you're you're not a hundred percent sure of the health of of key players now andrews you know that's that's a that's a guy that that lamar jackson likes to lean on so it's always difficult so i'm going to take a, i'm going to take a pass on it but i'm assuming that if lamar jackson is healthy enough to be out there and play i'm loving him and i'm going to use him in the player props but uh as far as a betting perspective i have no i have no view on the game i think the line is priced up. Uh, Price right, and you're on the short, right? You like the the Cowboys with
0: the points. Yeah, the Cowboys with the points. Uh, I just think it's a little – I mean, I think the Cowboys are going to lose the football game, but I think they'll keep it competitive. Uh, I like the fact that they're coming off of the, the, the long rest period. I think that's a, that's a good thing. I, actually, I was looking at one thing just to let you know. I, I, had, I had bet the Buffalo Bills early in this particular game they were getting one point when I bet them and they're currently laying a point. So that spread has moved pretty dramatically from where it started. Uh, I know when that tends to happen, uh, you know, your eyebrows start to get raised, but I just kind of wanted to point that out to our listeners that that spread did start out plus one Buffalo and it is currently minus one Buffalo.
1: Very, very good. So it seems like a lot of people like you seem to like the Buffalo Bills however uh, correct I like the
0: 29ers <laughs> no that we'll should see, be uh, that might make we'll, you more confident I'm just letting you know that that line has moved uh, a fair a fair bit And uh, you know, whatever just
1: we'll we'll, we'll 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 see how it plays out and uh back tomorrow night to uh, talk about the
0: rest of this stuff. Yep, absolutely. Okay, and just to remind everybody, Guru and Wiz, Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, uh, we are finishing up week number 13. We should know a lot more about what's going to be happening as we head into the playoffs. Hopefully, you're, if you're in a league where you get a buy in the first round, lucky you. Uh, but yeah, it should be an exciting finish. These games mean a lot uh, and we look forward to talking about them tomorrow. So Wiz, I wish you a good rest of your Monday and enjoy the games tonight. You too!